to the Airbuds podcast the beginning of this song it sounds like a whale coming out of the water uh my name's Jamel hello um my name is Mike I don't hear the whale I mean, is it like a Nintendo whale or something like an 8-bit well, just whale if if I was a whale that's how I would pop out of the water like, <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah because, like, whales usually are, like, a little more high-pitched, like, a little more, like... But that's only in the water. They don't even make noises when they come out. That's a good point. I've never heard a whale talk out of the water. It probably sounds like um, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler voice. I don't know what you mean. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. A whale just jumped out behind me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. you got you know, Make sure he good. Welcome to the Airbuds Podcast, the podcast about basketball. We do not have Peter, but he will be back for the midweek episode. <laughs> Scheduling conflicts abounded. I was traveling. I had an away game. Uh, and Jamel and I are here to talk about the week that was in basketball. And you know what? Wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, KD's never getting traded, so uh, give up on that now. And uh, You see Dominic uh, Wilkins? Well, we'll get into that, maybe, perhaps. Perhaps, yeah, let's talk about that. But you know what? You know what we got to get into first? What is that, brother? (sighs) Jamal, what is your your favorite subject? Is it business? Bidness. Let's get some bidness out of the way. Please don't cancel me for saying bidness. Uh, oh, yeah. Guys, yeah, I made him. Go to patreon.com slash pod. $5 a month gets you bonus episodes, gets you bonus shows such as in the criminal podcast system. Ooh, Sabadoo. <laughs> uh, I had a blast listening to you and Peter talk about that 9 11 episode of, uh, of, of law and order by the way i don't think i told you guys that oh thanks dude i mean peter edited the fuck out of that thing i sounds like he might have had to because it, fe- it felt like you guys were talking for like five hours by the end of it but it's like yeah, a nice we, compact I mean, like 45 minutes we were asleep for portions yeah. and we woke back up and nah shout it's out very to peter fun. And, it's, yeah yeah, it's very fun for me listening to that because, like, I I hate the sound of my own voice, so I never, I rarely ever listen back to what we do. But like, when right. you guys do an episode without me, I'm like, that's a treat. I get to hear my friends talk. I'm so glad to hear you say that. This podcast was your idea. We're eight years in. You gotta you gotta start liking your voice, man. No, <laughs> I hate it. It's not even some, I mean, the. I, I think objectively listeners and look, they comment a lot on the, uh, in the Apple reviews, uh, my voice sucks, but I, uh, I, 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 I think it's more of a, uh, I just don't like myself kind of issue, but you know what? I'm going to talk to that, uh, about that with my therapist. Uh, but speaking of Apple reviews, look, if you can't go to patreon.com slash pod and, and chip in there, go to Apple reviews, hit subscribe. Tell someone else to go to Apple Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe, and then go to the review section. Give us a five-star review. 
that really helps us out a lot. And you know what? Sometimes we read the five-star reviews, only five stars on the podcast, which I'm going to do right now with one that we had. Uh, we got, we received recently. Uh, headline is cool. Five stars. Uh, author is Recess Music. Uh, I haven't, I have not, I have not uh, pre-read this, Jamel. So uh, I don't know what is about to happen. Can't um, wait. Hey, I'm new to the podcast and so far so good. I just want to spice up the combo and say LeBron James isn't a goat because in his Steph, in his era, Steph Curry won four championships. The term goat means greatest of all time. And of Jason Terry and Dirk Nowitzki, oh, it got cut off. Folks, don't use the, uh, the, the desktop iTunes in order to see the podcast reviews. Let's see if I can find it on the phone real quick. Cause Let's I want to know where this is going. He was about to tell us some shit, man. He brought up He's Jason Terry, and I, my in, my my interest was peaked. I'm reading it now. I love reading on, on the air. Uh, anyway, uh, listen to our podcast about New York undercover. <laughs> all right, coming soon. I'll pick as it well. up. <clears throat> I'll pick it up where I left off. Okay. The term "goat" means greatest of all time, and if Jason Terry and Dirk Nowitzki were was greater than you, your application is null and void. I'm baffled by how many people are having trouble seeing my point of view. He is a Hall of Famer and a legend. If Jordan is the GOAT, he's where the bar is. And also LeBron James sneakers look like a box of melted crayons. Peace, guys. Uh, Don't disagree about the LeBron shoes. Some solid points, especially these last ones. I mean, particularly the uh, LeBron, what are them, 18s? Were we on 18 now? Yeah. Uh, I, I I have owned exactly one pair of LeBrons in my life. Uh, they the heel, like the back heel, uh, just digs into my my ankle and hurts like a bitch. And I have never bought another pair because it, it, like they they've never been comfortable. They're only made for uh, LeBron's special uh, bow leggedness. You know how LeBron is like, kind of walks like a cartoon duck a little bit. He's like that bird that can run across the water by like his wheels. His legs are like wheels, you know? Yeah, precisely. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't disagree. I think uh, if we're going to go ahead and say Jordan is the goat, like I'd like to see him play in LeBron's era because uh, the competition is definitely steeper. A mere, you know, 15 years later, but the fouls, brother, the foul calls. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, I don't know I, who, who gives a shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. LeBron's not the goat. I don't care. I'm a goat. Chris Jamel's, Rock is on stage Jamel's holding a eating goat. a tin can right now. Yeah, man. My name is William Goat. Did you see that, uh, that thing, uh, Dave Chappelle, like opened quote unquote for, uh, Chris Rock and Kevin Hart. And then at the end of the show, they like had like they all came on stage at the same time and like did like a half hour where they were arguing about who the greatest of all time was Dave or Chris. Yeah. Wasn't there, wasn't one of them holding a goat? Was he holding? I didn't see the, I didn't see the clip where he was holding a goat. I didn't watch it. I just seen they was, mm-hmm. I think Chris Rock was holding a goat. I think you might have, I think you might have got a tricked by a, uh, a Photoshop, but, uh, well, cool. Cause these, I was like, these motherfuckers is running amok. Also, like, is there any worse of a look than like two fucking 
50-year-old dudes being like, I'm the goat. No, I'm the goat on stage in front of like 50,000 people at Madison Square Garden. I don't know. I don't know what's the all I know is these old fools got to be stopped, man. Somebody need to tell Chris Rock and them to go to bed. Seriously. It's it's like, I don't know. I mean, they're really good, but men, black, particularly black men over 50 have been out of pocket since the pandemic started. <laughs> I it just felt very masturbatory to me. Like it just felt like why am I like if I pay like $150 for like nosebleed seats to watch Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle like bicker over like who like the goat is, like that's a that's that's annoying to me. Yeah, the phrasing is annoying. The conversation I think is fun. And then Kevin Hart's is there having to be like uh, I, I think you guys are both the goat. I think I think Kevin Hart is a good palate cleanser because they both make fun of Kevin Hart all the time. Yeah, because they are jealous that he is the most successful comedian right now, and they are jealous. Uh, I'm sure Chris Rock is like grateful. What are we talking about? This is a podcast about basketball. Who gives a shit about Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock bickering about who's better? While Chris, or while Kevin Hart just. It's like, I'm here too, guys. Well, I, I, I care a little, but not enough to derail this show. Basketball. <laughs> Basketball. Jamal, did you see the new chaos that J.J. Reddick has created today? What did he do this time? Is this the Jerry West stuff? This is the Jerry West stuff. I guess All it was I a heard- couple days ago, but on ESPN, J.J. Reddick did the classic... Players in the seventies only played against uh, plumbers and, and, and firefighters, and uh, you know what? He's not wrong, but when it's JJ Reddick saying it, you gotta make fun of him. Fair enough. I don't have a problem with it. Also, it's like I don't know, dude. I think playing against a plumber is harder than playing against the son of a guy who was in the NBA. Yeah, have you seen what Mario can fucking do? The dude change he he grows four feet in the middle of the game someone just has to throw a fucking mushroom from their sparrow pizza from the arena at him and he'll grow and dunk on you are you kidding me yeah and firefighters come on i mean who was the guy that played the main character in backdraft man listen being a, being a firefighter is way more dangerous than coming off the bench for the Orlando Magic. Well, hold on. Now we're talking about coming off the bench. Go on. Okay, wait. What type of cum did you think? Nope. Run it, yeah. Rerun it. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you really when you play it twice, that's how I know how that's how you really feel. Um, but yeah, I know. Uh Jerry West uh basically responded, uh the the quote that went around, tell me what JJ Reddick's career looked like. What did he do that determined games? He averaged twelve points a game in the league. Basically just being like, Who the fuck is JJ Reddick? Uh he didn't do shit, and he's not wrong. Jerry West what? is tormented by his past. Yeah. What's 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 worse is that nobody's really wrong here. <laughs> like 
JJ Reddick is kind of right in that like competition. You know, we this already came up in the MJ discussion. Competition in the NBA wasn't great uh for a lot of teams. Uh but you know, on the other hand, uh why the fuck is JJ Reddick uh saying this? He's, he did shit. He did jack shit. This is just what happens when you become a media guy. You got to take chances, bro. It it happens to everyone. You put that suit on and you think you got to say something crazy. I'm wearing a suit right now. You are. You had to put your laundry outside and the last thing you own that, that that's clean is your your linen suit that we talked about. Yeah, buddy, I look like um Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> and you're dancing too a lot and you're like walking over the table. It's weird. We're going to have a great show, everybody. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, there's no winners in this. Jerry West, you know, old man, kind of a dumb bitch for like the way he, uh, reacted to a show being made about him or like a dramatic, uh, display was made of his life and career and made him much more interesting. And he's like, I'm going to take this to Supreme court. And then, uh, JJ Reddick on the other hand, uh, he sucks. But that doesn't suck. Who cares? I love it when two white guys can be right. Uh, I love that the character from Winning Time is who Jerry West is. Sounds like they nailed it. Or even we're like, well, fuck, Jerry West, man, this guy was just very boring. We need to make him interesting. So they're like, Jason Clark, can you um, be an alcoholic or fucking something to make this guy interesting? He's only upset. I Man, you remember when he said... The Celtics beat him after all all them times he like he was about to quit basketball, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all he he's just he's still having nightmares about Bill Russell, man. He really is. I mean, there's nothing else to it. He's just like he didn't win while he was a player and now he's trying to fix his own life by helping other teams win. That being said, uh greatest GM of all time. I would love a Jerry West Memphis Grizzlies polo shirt. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. Um, speaking of GMs. Yes. I mean, he's not the GM of the Brooklyn Lads, but uh, Dominique Wilkins was talking about uh, uh, Kevin Durant and his trade request from the Brooklyn Lads. Did you see this? I have not seen this. Uh, it seems like maybe Kevin Durant is not getting traded. And Dominique Wilkins, uh, was, he said, uh, in an interview, uh, I think it was, uh, Friday at some point players are going to have to realize that no matter some of the trials and tribulations you go through, you got to hang in there and stick it out. We are paid to provide a service for our franchise. And so I would like to see guys sticking and hanging with those franchises a little longer. That's not too crazy. I mean, it is kind of it's it's interesting that it seems we've lost a little bit of that because you know it's a, it's about empowering the players now, and that means players should have more control because they're the ones playing, but they are still employees. Yeah, but they're kind of in a way, um, like independent contractors um 
like they are they're easy like they're easily traded there's no loyalty to it for sure and i don't even know i mean i don't think what i'm trying to say is necessarily about loyalty it's just about getting hired to do a job right where's a lot the of times, line- a lot of times these job like okay so like a lot of times like you know blake griffin agreed to sign a contract with the clippers based on a multi-day presentation where they said that he was going to retire a clipper. They were going to build around him. They were going to give him all this stuff. They're going to do all these things. They were going to uh, make a statue of him as the greatest clipper of all time. By the time he retires with the team and then traded him a month later, he agreed to do a job based on all these promises in terms of uh, pay, in terms of personnel, in terms of job security and location security, in terms of like the people they were going to build around him, and then they just said, "Fuck it, get rid of him." Like, okay, so now everybody in the NBA is uh, switching teams to honor Blake Griffin. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm. I'm not saying Blake Griffin is why people are demanding trades. But I'm saying it's, it's just an example of the fact that like. It goes both ways. Like if a play, like people are like players demanding trades, like that's crazy. Like they, we we offer our service to the team, but like I'm saying the other way, the other side of it is like you offer a service to a team and agree to a contract based on promises made to you, but like they have no, literally like no legal like uh, uh, incentive to uphold their end of the deal because they can just trade you. They have more power over the over you. So players are exercising what little power they have. And, you know, and in some cases with Kevin Rant or bigger stars, it's bigger than most. But like, I don't know. Like I I, I just don't but the power I just don't we agree all with that. have we all have powers over us. Like if I work at Wetzel's Pretzels, right? If I work at Wetzel's Pretzels And you do. Right. If I work at the Wetzel's Pretzels in the middle of the Glendale Galleria morning shift. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Part-time. Good 30 sales. minute lunch break. I work there, but then I go down the hall and there's like there's like some high old ladies who work at the Auntie Anne's. <laughs> so then I go, now I go back to Wetzel's Pretzels. I like I demand a trade. It's time to empower the pretzels. I need to go over there. But you know, you know that this this metaphor is not successful because there is not a a a a pretzel league in which 30 different pretzel chains are all engaged in and constantly committing transactions with one another. Well, what time are you at the mall, Mike Benner? <laughs> I guess I honestly have not been to the gallery in a long time. What are you um, gonna do? You work at Wetzel's Pretzels, you walk by Auntie Ann's. And there's a lady who looks like Pam Greer making well, fuck, pretzels. I'm quitting fucking Wetzel's and going to Annie Ann's immediately. And maybe that's how the NBA should be, where it's like you can quit a team, lose your contract, but then go sign with someone else. So now Wetzel's pretzels don't get no bitches? Well, Wetzel's pretzels has to like live up to their promises to their, their employees and be like, we promised you. Pam Greer's here. And we're going to get you a Pam Greer. Wetzel's told me it was a hose here. <laughs> There's no hose at this Wetzel's right. Pretzels. They, 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 they convinced you to sign a contract under false pretenses. They said, come 
twist pretzels with us. We will have hoes beside you. And they did not fulfill that promise. So, like, what? why do you have to stay when they can fire you or do whatever? They can trade you whatever they want. They can transfer you to a different Wetzel's. But what if I stay at the Wetzel's for, like, two more years and I could win the pretzel championships? Well, then, okay, well, look, then, like, let's look at this in the, the sense of, like, uh, uh, Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City. He stayed with that team for a long time. And then they never delivered what they promised they would. And there was no hoes. There were no ho- hoes. Uh, there was hoedowns in Oklahoma City, but no hoes. And he eventually just was like, I'm out. Because they never delivered what they promised me. What was there? Seven years? Closer to ten. More like nine, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hey, whatever, Kevin. Can't wait to see you in Brooklyn next year, buddy. I feel like the way yeah, Danny well, Ainge is acting is to make Kevin Durant stay put. It does seem like it is like kind of a like, I'm going to raise the fucking market on like trades violently to try to fuck the Nets and Kevin Durant. If you're not aware, uh, former Boston Celtics Jam, current uh, Utah Jazz exec Danny Ainge, uh, has, it, it, it's come out that he wants seven seven first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. That's crazy. Donovan Mitchell might not be in the league seven years from now. And if you got to imagine the, like, uh, the, like, if Donovan Mitchell's worth seven first-round picks, Kevin Durant has to be worth 13, right? Yeah, which is ridiculous. Now, it's like, this. they turn this shit into houses, bro. This is like housing in 2008. They're gentrifying the trade market. It's nuts, man. I mean, theoretical, like people who aren't even born yet, you're dealing on. I just can't even. I don't. Guys in middle school, they're talking about trading for guys in middle school right now. Seven years? Yeah, it's crazy. And Donovan Mitchell is not worth that. Seven fucking. They want. One to two to three teams to leverage their entire future in order to move off Donovan Mitchell. They're, I mean, I think they're more desperate to move off Donovan Mitchell than anyone else is desperate to get him. Yeah, that's interesting. What, I mean, because what are the Knicks doing? You just committed 100 M's to a point guard mm-hmm. who's kind of small. So then you're going to go get another one? And they can't trade... Uh, I can't trade him for another six months, right? Not until like December. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, where? I mean, how long does Donovan Mitchell end up playing for the Jazz? Let's start there. I think he doesn't play another game for the Jazz. I mean, I think he sits out. Ooh, a little Sven Simmons. Yeah, I think Ben Simmons. Well, I think Andre Gudala set a precedent that Ben Simmons cemented and now everybody who wants to trade will just sit out. Ridiculous, man. I guarantee. I bet Kevin Durant doesn't play. I bet Kyrie Irving doesn't play. Actually, take the back. I think Kyrie Irving might play. Uh, but I bet Donovan Mitchell doesn't play. I mean, how bad is it to play for the Nets? If I'm Donovan Mitchell, I might not want to play in Utah anymore. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, he wants but- out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, somebody play for DC, please. 
You got Jesus. Bradley Beal. Next topic. Is it weird for you that like Bradley Beal like seemingly desperately like wants to be in DC? Because I is feel it, like you've kind of moved off him. Like you like you're just kind of like, hey Brad, if you want to um start looking for other spots, you know, you can like get off the couch and, and go somewhere. Um, but he's like, no, I'm good staying here. I like it on your couch. Yeah, I, you know, it, it does kind of, that's, that's how it's been going with, uh, Wizards Twitter as well. There is, um, there's some, there's some divide among the ranks. I just think, I don't know if you want Brad to be Brad, you got to find a point guard. That's what I was done with was watching him be the number one option, ball dominant, number one option. Someone is supposed to be serving him up passes. His best years were with John Wall. That was not by mistake. That was a well put together team. Mm -hmm. And suddenly we're asking him to be a better player because he works out with Drew Hanley. Hanlon. So the fuck what, man? So the fuck what? I don't care what your step back is. You need somebody passing you that shit because you can't break a double team. And that's fine. I can't either. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh, it's going to be Bradley Beal and nobody else until you guys die. I mean, that's- I'm just, I, <laughs> I hope, I hope DeLon Wright uh, is willing to play a lot of defense for us. That might make a little bit of a difference. Drew League alum, DeLon Wright. And uh, Jamel, can you put the gun down? I see you're loading. <laughs> I'm, listen, bro, I'm good. That's good. Don't worry about that. It's um, not Jamel's real. Jamel's currently putting on Joker makeup. Uh, it's not. I got a free sample from Clinique. Because I spent a hundred dollars at Macy's, it's not. It looks very moisturizing, but I don't get why the uh, the red and blue is there. It's a new kind of sunscreen. <laughs> where it oh, has and he to put look on a like clown that. nose. There is a clown nose on Jamal. <laughs> I'm fine. Everything is fine. Uh, uh, let, man, let's talk about Charles Barkley. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Charles Barkley, uh, do you have the exact? Uh, uh, quote pulled up for he was he was recently at a I think it was Easter I Seals I think it was Easter, Easter Seals, Seals fundraiser at uh, yeah. at Magic City in Atlanta <laughs> yeah I think it was for St Jude's yeah he he was he clearly had a few in him he was on stage with the DJ I guess he felt the move to take the mic uh, he gave a very uh you know nice. Uh, defense. He he said, "Trans people, I love you. Gay people, I love you." And basically, was like, uh, "If anybody fucks with you, send them to me because I'll fuck them up." You know, he said, "Tell them Charles says fuck you." Um, very nice. You know, like, look, Charles Barkley. He has eyebrows that I think most contestants on Drag Race are like trying to model after. For you know, sure. um, so like, Yo, he must have wait. a connection to like the uh, the the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm very happy that he did this. I think this is like his most explicit, like kind of like throw of support towards people that are kind of struggling against uh, oppression in this country right now. Um, and that's very admirable. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah. And I also would like to say 
that the drag race, the eyes, like the lady from the uh the Trixie motel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Frightening. <laughs> Why do your eyes look like you're trying to scare off predators? Trixie Motel's eyes are not coming to uh jump into mind. Oh yeah. These are she looks like she's an owl who has developed these eyes over like centuries and, and millennia yeah. of uh, evolution. Attracts um, moths to their death. But they're also very cool. I don't know. It's like I very mean, yeah. like it's it's a look. It's an art piece, you know. It's a strong look. <clears throat> it's a great look for battle. I just wanted to when you said his eyebrows, I immediately was like, "Yo, them eyes be scaring me though." I mean, I was particularly talking about Charles. Is like he's got that natural arch in his yeah. eyebrows, and I'm like, he might get microblading done, or I think they've just been that way his entire career since he was a child. Yeah. Um. Uh, my favorite but, part was uh, Charles Barkley rapping every word of "Hate Me Now." Yep. That same well, I was night. eventually going to say we don't really give a shit about any of that because we have video of him. Yeah. <laughs> Nas's uh, 1999 hit uh, Hate Me Now came on during the club, and there's video of Charles Barkley, as Mel was saying, rapping every word in his heart. Passionately, with the Thanos hand. He had the hand like like he just got all the um, Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. So good, man. I, you, I, didn't, I didn't realize that Charles Barkley wasn't that old in 1999. It kind of, I for, knew that, but I forgot. Like, this was like, he had, like, he was just getting ready to retire from Houston when Hate Me Now came out. Yeah, so we did math, and I, when Jamel showed me this video, I was like, why, like, Charles Barkley knows Hate Me Now? Like, that dude must have been, like, almost 50 when this came out. Uh, he was 36, um, looks maybe 50 in the video, uh, but, like, yeah, knew every word and seeming by heart, or at least he was really good at faking it. Cause he wasn't actually saying most of them out loud. He did even the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a pretty great video. Maybe we'll throw it in the, uh, the, the description of this episode. I think he just has to see it to believe it. It's very funny to me. Cause I also feel like he's very, he might, he very much identifies with um like Southern pop culture. I feel like, like, when else has, has Charles Barkley been, like, a big rap guy publicly? Never. I mean, I just, I assumed he listened to Trace Atkins. Exactly. Like, I, I assumed he was an Alabama-ass, like, fucking Florida Georgia line or whatever that shit is. Like, I thought he just was, like, uh, a country guy. Thank God I'm a country boy. Yeah. But, no, he knows Nas. Uh because like yeah, what was that? Didn't where's the bar that he threw a dude through the the window at? Ooh, was that at the um? Was that at the Allen Jackson Saloon? Who's that oh, country wait. guy with the bar? There's a country guy with a bar, uh, in in Woodbridge. It's like a it's like a chain where dudes just go and fight. It's a great place to get into a fight. Um, well, I'm googling this and trying to find it. Um. It was in Orlando. <laughs> uh, 1997, he was arrested for throwing a young man. Uh, I didn't remember this detail. The young man was around five foot two, 110 pounds. Oh, my God. 
through a glass window in Orlando. Apparently, Barkley had some words with the man who had seemingly provoked Sir Charles with some harsh words. Charles Barkley told the man, you got what you deserve. You don't respect me. I hope you're hurt. I mean, you know, small dudes also come sometimes do be like doing a lot. Yeah, bagel boss, you know. Yeah, the bagel boss, the bagel boss mentality is real. I was thinking of Toby Keith. Toby Keith's bar is a great oh, bar. To, it's uh, called like I Love This Bar or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've heard about that before. I, I mean, I've never, I've, I don't know. Yeah, no, I've never been. I was thinking, I, I love went, this bar. I went to a, a bachelor party uh, one time in Nashville, and I feel like every bar could have been a Toby Keith bar, and I, I wanted to die that weekend. <laughs> I, mm, 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 mm. I don't like Nashville. I'm sorry to anybody who might be listening in Nashville. I, Man. Yeah. Mm, I, you know, I, I expect to be in every uh, C grade city in America. So I won't. The thoughts and views expressed by Miguel Benner are his and his alone. All I remember liking is Hattie B's chicken. That shit was good. Um, and, uh, we found one bar that was like, there was a DJ doing rap music and it was like a half hour of like fucking like Flo respite Rida. from, there was a lot of biggie. There might've been Flo Rida, uh, but turned out for what it was like, not great hip hop. I mean, biggie is obviously hip hop, but it was like a lot of like, just kind of like the worst, like college e hip hop you could fine but it was such a nice respite from like all the fucking honky talk bullshit oh man i could not stand nashville and then you were like hey can you play ra the rugged man yeah i was like hey uh immortal technique let's go <laughs> would you mind excuse me i have this atmosphere album yeah and then the detail was like atmos what and then he spit fucking chaw on me oh no yeah no I'm i sorry, uh man. Nashville had good food, uh, but man, the honky tonk scene is just dominates everything. And I just was always desperately like, can we find something that is not like 600 decibels of like vaguely racist white dudes yelling into a microphone with steel guitar? Um, I'll take this time to um, shamelessly promote that I will be in Portland next week. (laughs) Hey, guys, if you're in Portland and you want to play basketball, just tell me what what YMCA can we get in? Who's got the, like, what, we got Ike from Portland in there? Who is the guys? Where can we hoop? I'm down to hoop. I'm looking to hoop one day while I'm in Portland. And if you got a plug on that Nike employee store, please talk to me. I'm ready to go to Beaverton. It's finally, it's time. Someone help. Small deserves it. <clears throat> I deserve it because I know he's going to be looking for for shit in my size because that's he's a good friend that that's what always, I do. It's always size hunting for 15? shit for me. Size and fifteen. I think you look. You got. You, I mean, we got some uh, some some flagrant friends up there. You're gonna you're gonna. I, I think they're all hopping into the club to watch you uh, perform at flagrant. Or I'm sorry, not at flagrant. At oh Fated. wait, there's those guys. The 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 team like um. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the flagrant Discord. They're organizing a trip to go see you. What the fuck? In, over in the uh, in the flagrant Patreon. Yeah. Well, tell them. Yeah, tell them. Holler at me, man. Fuck. I told I told them uh, after after the show, go up to Jamal and say, uh, 
that you guys listen to Airbuds and that when Jamel says really say no and walk away. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. That'll that will put me at ease because if you tell me you listen to my show, it does make me want to brandish a weapon. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think uh, I think the flagrant community is uh, coming out big for you Damn, up in so Portland. Yeah, there's there's a big tell- there's a lot of fans up there. Portland people, hit me broccoli house on Instagram. Let me know where the runs are, where the low impact runs are, or even if just an empty court that we could take over, get some three on threes going. Something, something. Got to hoop one time while I'm in Portland. And you're going to be there for a few days, right? Like Wednesday through like the end of the weekend, huh? Yeah, it's like Wednesday night through, I think I leave Monday morning. So you can like literally get like at least three to four games in. I could get some runs in. Now, obviously, you know, I do have to do stand-up, so I, w- I want to be able to walk, but I'm down. I'm down, and I'm ready, and I will be packing shoes. But not the gun that you're currently uh, cleaning. I don't know. What you say? Again, Jamel is in full Joker makeup, and I am Come worried on, that he's man. going to go I, out what tonight. Is, uh, what, man, I'm, it's not makeup, man. This is a face mask for my pores. <laughs> and he's just buttoning up like a purple like suit, and I don't, I don't know. This I'm worried is Steve about Jamel. Harvey. I was listening to Steve Harvey, and he said every man should own suits. <laughs> and you went out and got a purple yellow suit with a green tie. Yeah, with the chain, with the um, the little pocket chain thing. Is that a box of green hair? Do you have manic panic green hair dye behind you? Benner, it's, I was eating a lot of kiwis. Bradley Beal, if you're listening, just can you just DM Jamel and talk to him a little bit? You don't have to do that, Brad. Just work on your passing. Well, you know what we got to do? We got to talk about one more thing, Jamel. Uh, before we get out of here, um, did you see the news about the Philadelphia 76ers planning a new arena that should Where's be it? maybe opened, uh, if all things go to plan, will be opened in 2031? Where? Well, Jamal, I know, I don't know if you're how familiar you are with Philly, but uh, there is an old kind of like shopping mall slash uh uh, subway station train station um uh and next to old city kind of like pocketed between old city and chinatown called it was called market east uh i learned recently they renamed it to jefferson station which oh that means people used to get shot over there i'm still calling it market east but uh the gallery was like a mall that kind of got like rebranded into something called fashion district um and uh, they want to kind of tear that all down and make it a huge kind of uh, arena and entertainment uh, kind of LA Live style thing. I mean, I mean, the people of Philly need that. My TikTok needs that. The kids need new places to dance. I feel uh, I feel complicated about it. Um, I, I think uh, where the stadiums are now are kind of. Um, only accessible if you live kind of just north of them in South Philly and you can walk down broad or take uh, the orange line there. Um, 
you know, it's very much like a, it's, it's one of the largest like parking lot areas in the entire country, uh, the, the stadium complex down in Philly. So like it draws a lot of like suburban people and it seems like a lot of suburban people are upset about the idea of not being able to drive in and park, um, having to like take the train and like be in the actual city to go. Um, and so on that front, I'm like, hell yeah, like move into the fucking city, like make it, make it more accessible for people that actually live in philly yeah. um, the other the other side of it is that like literally every there are so many studies that show that like new arenas and new sports like complexes like literally destroy the communities in which they are built in uh so like there are people there are there are organizations that are already popping up um in response to the sixers plans for uh this arena in Chinatown, Philadelphia, uh, <clears throat> saying like, "We don't want this. It's going to ruin our fucking neighborhood." Um, and the Chinatown, Philadelphia, is like very active, not just as like a, a place for you know shopping or restaurants, but like also like a very active like place where people have lived and, and lived for for decades. And like, I could see how this arena will destroy that community. Uh, old city, on the other hand, I don't really give a shit about old city. Is pretty much just like you know jersey people driving in to to drink um but uh yeah it's it's weird and i also like they they the sixers have promised to uh not use any quote uh funds from the city they never n- n- no mention of like funds from the state so who knows what that means but like so the assumption is that like oh they're talking about it being fully privately funded there's no way that's going to happen it will not end up being privately funded fully it's gonna Jesus. take taxpayer money eventually more dirt bike parking more four-wheeler parking uh you get in free if you uh have that white chalk line on your shape up uh i think that's true if you can um for every inch this- like that your white tee is below your waist you get like a dollar off the ticket yeah if you can do the shake that shit you should get into every preseason game free if you know how to do the um the little shake that shit dance. You do the Wu Tang. Then yeah. uh, you get you get on the Jumbotron instantly anytime you, you do the Wu Tang. Come on, man. And um amnesty for every um every adult man over 30 who sold angel dust if they promise not to do it anymore. Every concession stand uh is it will be required to sell a bean pie for sure. For sure, man. It's time. Do right by the city and get it done before Embiid's contract is up. There's no way it's going to happen. And that was another thing I want to talk about. I mean, I actually can maybe want to talk about this with you off air because it's like about like the like technique and mechanics of jokes and how fucking nobody understands them, but people go viral anyways. But, uh, you know what? I'll just, I'll, I'll complain about it to you off air. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, all I'll say is, like, people think they're really funny and they're not. Uh, You know, that is something that I have found. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Uh, So, excited about the arena. Also, conflicting feelings, but, you know, who knows? We'll see. Uh, Jamal, anything else we want to talk about? Yeah, fuck the Sixers. Well, that's how we're going to leave you, folks. Fuck the Sixers. Woo! And Jamel thinks he got me there, but you know what? As a Sixers fan, I felt that way almost my entire life. Entire life, yeah, I know. That's why I said it.
Love you guys. Bye.